Hello, I'm Katie. And I'm Leslie. And, and we're, we're All Booked. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Cherie is here with us today, bringing a book called Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? Something we've all thought. Yes. I still think that regularly about my own cat. So how about you tell us about the book, how you discovered it, maybe? Well, I discovered this book because it was in one of those book publications that does collections of books you need to read on this subject, this subject, this subject. And Mm -hmm. it was the subject of End of Life, which it's, you know, kind of interesting to me at this point in time. So they hooked me with Will My Cat Eat My Eyeballs? I have cats. I figured this was something I needed to know. Mm -hmm. And the subtitle is Big Questions from Tiny Mortals About Death. And then I saw the author name, Caitlin Doty, and I said, I'm reading that book. Caitlin Doty, if you don't know her, is an author who has written at least three books. Mm -hmm. The first one, I think, was Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, written about her time working at a crematorium. She has created an organization called the Society of the Good Death, I think is what it's called. She has a YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician. She is a huge advocate for taking control of the end of your life and what that looks like. Over the years, Caitlin has traveled all over the world. She's spoken to groups at all levels, and she has done FAQs and questions and answers with all kinds of people. And she um, gets the best questions from kids. Yes. She thought kids would ask these shiny little innocent questions. No, they're the ones who are asking things like, I went to a show where dead bodies with no skin play soccer. Can we do that with my body? (laughs) (laughs) So the thing about Caitlin Doty, she's very entertaining and informative both. Mm -hmm. So with her dedication page to future corpses of all ages, that's just her sense of humor in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. I love that. So every single chapter addresses a different question. Generally, these all came from kids. Kids don't shy away from the gory stuff. And she'll cover a little bit of sarcastic humor, and then she'll go into actually answering the question. And I'm hoping one of those questions was, will my cat eat my eyeballs? Absolutely. One of those questions was, will my cat eat my eyeballs? FYI, eventually, but not first. After waiting a couple of days for you to do your job and feed them like you've always That's true. They don't immediately turn on you. Yes. After a while, they're like, well, we have entered into a contract and you failed to provide, so it's my turn. <laughs> I will say this took on another sort of sinister tone when I was reading this after making the mistake of picking up my very, very freaked out cat who has all of his claws during a very stressful time for him and trying to scoop him up into my arms like a baby and get him out of harm's way. I do have cat scratches and a bite on my face as a result of that very poor decision making on my part. So um, when I was reading this book, each chapter, in addition to answering a specific question, begins with a black and white piece of artwork, which has a sort of an Asian flair. The illustrations are by Diane or Diane Roos. They might be skeletons. They might be people. One of the chapters says, will my body sit up or speak on its own after I die? And the artwork has a skeleton operating the corpse as a puppet with a family member looking on in horror. (laughs) As the book went along, the questions did progress. And some of them varied widely in the nuts and boltsishness of corpses who have been corpses for quite a while mm-hmm. <laughs> and the nuts and bolts of what embalming does. I think one of the questions was, can I keep dad's skull on my mantelpiece That's when I die? That's a hardcore question. 
The answer is hardcore no, by the way. Yeah. Not legal. Yeah. It, <laughs> and it turns out that your average run-of-the-mill mortuary is not equipped to, she used the technical word for defleshify, but basically to mm-hmm. strip the flesh. Well, a lot of times you have to use uh, beetles. Yes. Well, she is a domestic beetle fan. She's also a fan of natural burial, which skips embalming altogether. And there are cemeteries that specialize in that. This book is the FAQs of death. And as any good FAQ section may be, it's all over the place a little bit. Mm -hmm. Can we give grandma a Viking funeral? Why don't animals (laughs) dig up the graves? We eat dead chickens. Why not dead people? Can someone donate blood after they die? Which, spoilers, used to happen. Really? Mm. Yes. Interesting. She talks about um, how long blood is viable as a donation following the cessation of Mm -hmm. life, so to speak. So um, these are things, a lot of these questions I would never have thought to ask. Some Mm -hmm. of these questions I may have asked at one point. One of the questions is a nightmare question. What if they make a mistake and bury me and I'm really just in a coma? The answer is that's just not not going to happen (laughs) (laughs) these days. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of these you said were like directed to her from children. Were there very many that produced some practical answers or maybe some things that kind of helped you think about your own plans for yourself or for loved ones? Well, I found it fascinating when she was talking about what would happen to an astronaut body in space. I was like, hey, I am here for this, but I don't see that it actually happens. For things that might be more relevant to a person, can I use human bones from a cremation for jewelry? What happens when you want to bury someone, but the ground is too frozen? That's not as relevant to us here in Texas, but it is certainly relevant in other parts of the United States. What happens when soldiers die far away in battle? So it seems kind of along the line of like other more science-minded books, like Randall Monroe's books, where it's more about developing a like humor and curiosity about the subject as opposed to answering what most people would think of as the important FAQs. Right. And instead it goes more, it seems, into a scientific direction where you just learn more generally about the subject. Yeah, a little bit more of the outlier FAQs, but one that I hope is never relevant to me is what would happen if you died on a plane? They leave you in the seat. Oh, dear. Is this a guide to how I should plan for the end of my life or the end of a loved one's life? No, it's not that. It is answering curiosity, like you were saying, to your point, learning some scientific facts around different death-related questions. Mm -hmm. Not so much, here is how to set up my funeral arrangements so that I get the death that I want. Do you think that readers who enjoy Mary Roach's work would enjoy this book? I do. I think that if you like Mary Roach's work, if you thought Get Well Soon about the different plagues throughout history was fascinating, you might enjoy this as well, because it was the, the, the humor kind of reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Get Well Soon uses a lot of sarcastic humor in talking about horribly devastating plagues of yore. This book uses some sarcasm and humor in talking about gross death-adjacent questions. Not every question is gross, but we are talking about decomposing corpses here, and There's a bit of gross that creeps into a lot of the questions and answers. Do Mm -hmm. not eat while reading this book. Does she bring up anything about, like, refrigerated morgue trucks? Not specifically refrigerated morgue trucks, although she does have several YouTube videos posted in the last year for future audiences. This is 2021, the last year being the COVID-19 pandemic. She is operating a funeral home in Los Angeles. Yeah. Things are real (laughs) for her. And she has put up a few video blogs to that effect on Ask a Mortician. 
It was reminding me of, I read Mary Roach's book, Stiff, mm. The Curious Life of Human Cadavers, and mm-hmm. it seems pretty up that alley as far as weird situations and how cadavers and stuff are used. It could be, because the uh, can I donate blood after I'm dead question would tie into that nicely. It, so how long can blood be donated post-mortem? I think it was a couple of hours. The benefit to a book that is set up like an, like an FAQ sheet is you can flip right to the chapter that talks about that, which is only a few pages long. And that's another thing. You can read this in little bits, little tidbits, just a few pages per. Cadaver blood remains usable, according to this Soviet doctor, for up to six hours. That's actually longer than I thought it would be. In other words, donation is a go, though obviously it is better if the blood isn't tainted with medication or communicable diseases. That was a direct quote, so. Was he the one that wanted to put different heads on different animals? I don't know, but he figured out blood transfusion by, like, sucking the blood out of a living dog and then shooting in dead dog blood. Uh, That's how (laughs) vampires happen. (laughs) (laughs) So would I recommend this? Yes. Would I recommend this for children? Uh, well, let's say we don't have it in the kids' section of the library, but hey, parents, if you know your kids or your teens, mm-hmm. and you Especially think that since they... the questions are from children. The questions are from kids. The answers are scientific yeah. and sarcastic. So mm-hmm. um, some of the answers, much like Bugs Bunny, may go right over the little one's head, but land in their parents. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is not, despite the line drawings at the beginning of each chapter, this is not aimed directly at children. Despite the adorable illustrated cat on the cover. Interestingly, oh. when you told me you wanted to review this, I assumed it was the it kind of like a graphic novel cats? along the lines of how to tell if your cat is trying to, to kill, kill you. you. Yes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I did read the book about how to tell if your cat is trying yes. to kill you. Short answer, all of my cats are all trying to kill me all the time. It's just... That's, I think that's I, I had a similar uh, a similar idea when I checked it out, and then when I was reading it, I was like, oh, it's just uh, it's all about death, and one of the things happens to be what everyone wonders, which is, will my cat eat me which i'm always just like if they have no other food source eat me come on well i mean spoilers so will your dogs but your dog is generally trying to wake you up yeah mm-hmm. and they'll wait i think a little bit longer yeah they'll wait a little longer they'll be trying to wake you up and apparently before this was more well known people used to think that a lot more people were victims of maulings when really it was post-mortem just hungry animals well wake up mommy something's wrong my hot take here is that I have entered a social contract with my animals, and if I am dead for so long that they cannot get food, they are welcome to eat me. <laughs> well, with my lack of planning and preparation uh, in care of my future, you know, because it's not—it's not like it happens in like a day or something. No. This is like a few days where they're literally like on the verge of starving. Eat, yeah. eat away. I adopted you for a reason. <laughs> well, she does talk about a specific dog who is adopted by mm-hmm. someone who's who had snacked on his previous owner because. Hmm. He was, you know, That's in, that, fair. in that very sad situation. But that doesn't mean that whatever the dog's name was, I forget, is, a t- is now the out there. Now. Yes. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would recommend this to someone who has a bit of a morbid sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend just... it as an audiobook, even though it has illustrations? Do you think it evens out? I do. I will say if you've ever listened to slash watched the Ask a Mortician YouTube, you will see Caitlin Doty's face in your head as you hear her talking. <laughs> so you, you will very, very easily it's visualize her in the, in the process of saying this. And you can just see the expressions crossing her face when she says the things. And I will say, obviously, I have watched mm-hmm. the Ask a Mortician YouTube. To me... If you have trouble with audio descriptions of things that might be on the gorier side, uh, then maybe don't do the audio. Mm -hmm. She's very clinical when she talks about this stuff. She's not 
graphically dwelling on right but there's a certain amount like there are only so many many ways you can describe viscera (laughs) yes basically so if everyone gets squeamish about different things on audio than on paper Mm -hmm. so if one of your squigs for audio is i get squigged out by descriptions of decomposing bodies or dead bodies variously then don't listen to the faqs from the death lady on audio I looked at the the pictures. I don't think that... I was glad that I had both. Mm -hmm. If I had only had the book, that would have been fine. They are very short snippet chapters. One question per chapter, three to five pages. It moves very quickly and you can skip around. You do not have to start this book and read it all the way through. If you prefer to hop and skip around and see what's coming, you're going to need the paper book. The Mm -hmm. audio, it's not as friendly for that. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing a fascinating... Yeah, definitely. Thank you. You're welcome. Stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye.